come with us now to the Old Testament. The book of Joel. Joel chapter 2, verses 23 through 27. Joel chapter 2, verses 23 through 27. And as you are able, won't you stand out of reverence for the hearing and the reading of God's holy, holy word. Listen now for the word of the Lord. All children of Zion, be glad and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the latter rain as before. The threshing floor shall be full of grain, the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. I will repay you for the years that the swarm and locust has eaten, and the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army which I sent against you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people, God says, my people, mean that everybody ain't his people, and my people shall never again be put to shame. You, my people, shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am in the midst of America, and that I, the Lord, am your God, and there is no other. No other. And my people, my people shall never again be put to shame. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. And now I want you to pray with me. Almighty, everlasting, all-knowing, everywhere present, all-powerful God. Oh God, as I come and as I stand, as you sent me to before your people, I pray now that you will allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, not their sight, in thy sight, O oh Lord, for you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In Jesus' name. Our sermon topic for today is God will 
And God does discipline his children. God does and God will discipline his, his children. Today there are many things going on even in the church of Jesus Christ. Some churches today don't want to open and preach the real word of God because they think the word may not be comfortable for the hearts of the people. Today the church gets in the way of God. They can't see what he's doing or, or know where he is because the church today doesn't know who God is. Who is, who is God? God is the supreme being. God is the creator of the earth. God is the all-controlling, all-knowing, everywhere, present God, God is holy, sin can't touch him. God is all powerful, there is nothing more powerful than God. He's all seeing and he's everything to me and to you. And so this morning we're going to investigate this, this message of the, of, of, of the, Old Testament and understand how it fits into the, the New Testament because God has a way of repeating himself because we don't get it. Help me in here, Jesus. The Old and the New Testament go together. In fact, I think we live in more in the Old Testament than in the New because we forgot the Old Testament and you can't forget the Old Testament and then just jump to the New Testament. Even in the church today, people don't come to hear the word preached. They come to show out. Somebody help me up here. They come to be somebody. Help me in here. I'm talking about today in God's, in God's church. We're going to investigate this message of the preacher, the prophet Joel, and we're going to seek now to understand the powerful word this prophet has for us today. I said the prophet has for us today. The prophet. People can talk about a preacher all they want to, but it's God's way to call a preacher and send a preacher to a church for the lay people to sit down and the preacher to stand up and preach the word of God. Now the Bible says if you're sent and you don't do what God tells you to do, that God gonna discipline you double, preacher. So today we need preachers with holy boldness who will preach the almighty, unadulterated, all-unchangeable word of God. You see what happened in the church long ago? It's ridiculous. They put the word over to the side. Get it now. Because they don't want to hear the word no more. They put grace in the middle. 
Because they think God is a God that lets you do whatever you want to do. They don't want to talk about hell and damnation. They don't, they don't want to talk about discipline. Oh God, I'm not going to let this go. When I go this time, I won't have no excuses for nothing. Because I ain't scared of nobody at 80. Help me up in here, God. Praise your holy name. It's getting close for me to see you face to face. I'm not playing with your word. Maybe that's why the preachers he called back in the Old Testament were old. Moses was 80 when he called him. <laughs> oh, God, because when you're 80, you ain't scared. <sighs> and I lessen a plague of, of locusts. Let me start from the beginning. A, a plague of locusts had come to discipline the nation of Judah. Picture this. Locust plague can be, can be as, as devastating as an as a army. Locusts gather in swarms too great to number and they fly several feet above the ground and they seemingly to darken the sun as they pass by. When they land, they devour everything in front of them. Vegetation, piece of property, houses, everything covering their path. And here's the, here's the 411, the people, the people. The people who God loves so much, so much, the people he brought out of oppression, the people he saved from destruction, the people who made it in spite of and <laughs> The people who were suffering the most and yet rose from the ashes. Those, those people, they were, they had started living any way they wanted to. Any way they wanted to. Does, does that sound familiar to you today? Maybe it's because people don't know the Ten Commandments anymore, not even people in the church. The Ten Commandments. You shall have no other small gods before me. That's what he says. America's all got all kind of little gods everywhere. <laughs> Liquor, cigarettes, dope. Jewelry houses clothes. Hallelujah. Sex. Ah. They were materially well off. Aren't we better off than our ancestors were? They, they were materially well off and they had forgotten the one who was responsible for their blessings. They got excited about the things of the world. But they were apathetic and sluggish about responding to the things of God. God says, remember the Sabbath day and, and keep it holy. <laughs> we said, the church is open again. I 
know people who don't come to church now because they don't hold an office anymore. Oh, God, help me up in here, God. Can I just, can I just? I know people today waiting for the pastor to call them and remind them to come to church. The devil is alive. I don't call you to go on your job. Why should I call you to remind you to come to church? And then you expect me to know that something's going on in your family and you ain't even called to church. I don't read minds. People today, as a pastor, I know church people today. And I know them yesterday. Not much has changed. Oh my God, they, they were nonchalant. Tard. God, therefore, God commissioned and he sent the prophet, the preacher, Joel. I said he, he sent the prophet, the preacher, Joel. He didn't send no lay people. He sent the pastor to tell them that they needed to change their ways. People don't want to hear that today. But I'm going to be obedient and tell you what the word of God says. They needed to worship on the Sabbath as they were told to do. You got rules in your house? God has rules in his house. They, they needed to live by the commandments of God. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not covet. Don't want what somebody else has. What God has for you, it is for you. What God has for me, it is for me. They had forgotten the one who blessed them. They needed to get ready for the Lord's ultimate judgment day. All the signs are here, my beloved. But even if they weren't, we need to be getting ready for the Lord's judgment day. He's a God of grace and mercy, and he's a God of judgment. And the reason that every time I go into a church that is not a black church, I have to put the word back in the center because the word is the most important thing for the church of Jesus Christ. They needed revival and they needed to, to repent. They needed to say, Lord, I'm so sorry these last 50 years. You have not been on the top of my list. I ain't brought nobody to church. I have been thinking about myself and I, Lord, I repent in my heart. Change me, oh God. Change me to be more like you. They needed a change of heart if they even hoped to stop God's punishment. Everybody talking about what's happening in the world today, in nature. And they don't even mention God on the news. The weatherman think he God. God controls the weather. The scientists think they God. God does the healing 
in connection with the doctor. Help me somebody. It's all about him. We need to be wondering why these things are going on in the world today. Yeah, God's told me. Every time God sends somebody, he sends them with a vision. What if everybody in the church had their own vision? That's what makes a mess. You ought to hold the pastor accountable. You ought to say to the pastor, Pastor, what vision did God give you for this church? Because he ain't gave it to everybody. Now I know people walk around, this is what the church ought to be. The devil is a lie. <laughs> you ought to be repentant because there must be revival and a change of heart if they hope to stop God's punishment. Oh, beloved, this truth is at the heart of Pastor Joel's message. Change must precede forgiveness. If what you're doing is sin and you expect to be forgiven for one time, Lord ain't gonna do that no more. And you keep on doing it, that ain't repentance. That's taking advantage of God's mercy and God's grace. Repentance means to detour, go the other way, do it different. People don't like to change today, but I think it's exciting. I get sick of myself when I have made no changes. <laughs> if we don't change our wicked ways and change the way we live, then God has no other recourse than to punish us. Isn't that what a good parent does? God will give you a spanking. Look at your neighbor and say, God will. God will give you a spanking. Now, he don't spank everybody. The Bible says, for those whom he loves. Now, if he ain't spanking you, he don't care about you. You better understand that. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I'm telling you, I can't... Think of something wrong and I don't get a spanking. I'm telling you. And in, in the New Testament book of Hebrews, there's a long dissertation about the discipline of God. The church don't want to talk about it. Because you got some people from the top to the bottom who need to be disciplined. Even in the church today. Hebrews, let me just read you a little bit. Hebrews chapter 12, read it when you get home. I'm just going to read verses 5 through 8. Hebrews in the New Testament always justifies the Old T Testament in one way or another. And it says, and have you quite forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you, his child? God said, my child, don't be angry. When the Lord punishes you, don't, don't be discouraged when he has to show you where you're wrong. For when he punishes you, it proves that he loves you. When he spanks you, it proves you are really his child. Let God train you, for he's doing what any loving father does for his children. Whoever heard of a child who was never corrected or of a child who was never spanked, if God doesn't punish you when you need it, 
as other fathers punish their children, then it means that you are not really God's child. Mm, somebody needs to say amen. It is other fathers. He's the image of the greatest father. Sometimes, as child of God, you might wonder why things are going so bad for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why, why, you, why you love God and you suffering? Why doesn't anything come easy for you? I don't remember anything coming easy for me. I'm, I'm a black woman. I'm not a privileged race or sex. Somebody help. Oh, why, why, why does it, God knows what I need. Why is God letting me suffer? Why, why do why I don't have what I need? Why do I every time I, I try to do right, wrong comes out of it? Oh, good Lord, have mercy. Why I can't control my flesh better than I do? Why I'm eating when I know I'm gaining weight? I don't know. I just got one. Why I want to yell at somebody or, or curse somebody at you? The flesh and the spirit is always at war. If you work hard, you can barely pay your bills. You work two jobs and still it's hard to take care of your family. You pray, but God doesn't seem to hear you. And when you have those days of depression and heartbreak and loneliness and anxiety and despair and discouragement, oh my, oh my, oh, oh my, it's time. When you're going through all of that, child of God, that's a signal that it's time for time out. Mm-hmm. It's time to stop worrying and thinking and talking and just go to the corner. Girl, my mama was not really, she didn't believe in whipping, but when she got through time out and then talking to you, you'd be saying, I would just rather, Lord. Time out. Time to wonder what your relationship with, with God is all about. Time to wonder why things are not going the way you want them to. Time out, time out. Sometimes people like me who are just a workaholic don't know when to stop, don't know when to quit. God saved my life in 2000. He saved my life with a stroke and total burnout because I didn't have sense enough to know how to ask for help. I didn't know how and wasn't nobody gonna help me anyway. <laughs> I had just learned to do it and push myself. I went to the doctor one day and he said, your blood count is so low. I don't know how you got out of the bed. I said, doctor, I ain't even got time to think about that. I'm a black woman, got the real children by myself. Are you kidding me? I don't have a choice but to get up and do what I have to do. Ain't nobody taking care of me on this earth. It's only you, God. God said, well, good, because I'm going to make you lie down in green pastures. 
You know, if, if God doesn't make the sheep lie down in green pastures, they don't know when to quit. And they'll just stay in the sun until they drop dead. I didn't know why I was so sick. I, I didn't know why I was 16 days in a hospital and came out with the most serious hospital. What do you call it when you, whatever it is, you know, you, you're sick with that virus from the hospital. They had to get me out of the hospital, send me home and, and, and teach me how to fix my own stuff that was in my... I said, Lord, what is going on? And now I look back and I know if it had If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I wouldn't be here today. If it had not been, the church didn't care. The church will kill a preacher. They don't care. They in the hospital, you in the hospital. They still want you to get up at the hospital and come to see them in the hospital. The church doesn't know the spiritual attack that a preacher has on his family. When the devil can't get to me, he messes with my children. I always have to say, Lord, as I bless you, please bless my children. The church of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, it's time to take stock today, today. Today, 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 of our relationship, not with each other, but with God. With God. God says, give tithes and offerings to the church. Well, <laughs> pastors are supposed to look at the offering Offerently, pastors are supposed to know what each person in their church gives to the, to, to the church so they can know what the people need spiritually. I, I can't remember too many people who have come to me and say, Pastor, what do I need to do to be more spiritual? Now they'll go to the doctor if they break their toe. They ain't worried about that spirit. He said, give your tithes. You broke, can't pay your bills? It's cause you ain't giving your tithes. You being disobedient to God. I used to think, Lord, I don't have nothing. If I give the church my money, I won't have nothing. Well, I got these two kids, they daddy don't care nothing about them, I got these two kids. But still, the best thing he ever did was give me two babies, that's it. <laughs> Thank God he did that. I said, Lord, and the minute I started tithing. You know, some pastors really don't, don't tithe on a pastor because they think, you know, that's the part, that should be a part of their salary and stuff. That's fine, that's fine. But, but what I learned in my poverty was God had to get something from me, not because I had it, but because he said it. 
People want the church to take care of them. And all I have to do is look up their offering. People be bossing the people in the church, telling everybody what to do. And all I have to do is look up their giving. One man came to me one day with a sheet. They told me that he, he hated pastors and, uh, and that he had tried to jump on some of the men pastors, so they were worried about me. I said, don't worry about me. You know, not only do I have two sons, they don't be playing like that, but, but I got God. He gonna come to my office. I always had a man at the door of the office. I had this long thing. And he said, I don't like the way you preach. I don't like time. I don't like. I, I said, excuse me, sir. I want you to keep reading what you don't like, but I do want to be honest with you. I ain't listening to a word you say. I checked your giving before this meeting. What I learned was you don't give enough to the church to take the pastor to McDonald's for lunch. Anything else you want to say, sir? Well, I, I told you I'm not listening. Why would I listen to anybody who doesn't give to the church? We have people that just say, I'm giving to my postman. Oh, you're going to give to a rich white church that don't need your money before you pay your pastor? Lord, don't tell me. I, I'm going to write a book about it. Because what I found out is the people who give the most, are the most cooperative. The people who give the most are the quietest. The people who don't give nothing and think just because they work in the church, they have people who don't put nothing to help the pastor. They're the ones always got something to say. Now, that's all I have to say. God punished the children of Judah by sending an invasion of locals on them. And then he sent the prophet Joel to them to call for them to make a change. What's got to happen? Do we need more tornadoes and, and more hurricanes and, and, and more pandemics? What, what needs to happen to make God's people change? Oh, he sent the prophet. Not to condemn, but to remind. He sent the prophet. Not to hate, but to love. He sent the prophet to show them the way back to God. And listen, listen. First thing the prophet preacher does is go to the preachers. And he asks the preachers to call the people back to the house of worship. See, he was saying, you know, why your people, everybody, what happened to your people? And if you live in a community full of people, why your church ain't full of people? Preacher, I want you to go and I want you to call the church of Jesus Christ back together. Joel 1.13, he said, Preacher, I want you to call the people back to the house of worship. The house of worship. Joel 1.13, he said, Preacher, I want you to put on sackcloth, old priest, and I want you to mourn, and I want you to wail, and I want you to minister before the altar. Come spend the night in sackcloth. Now, sackcloth was a hard 
weighty, sticky material. You put it on and you sure did feel punished now, son. You told the preacher, you go put on the sackcloth because it's a symbol. It is a symbol of being sorry before God. The church today, denomination after denomination, needs to be sorry. Sorry. It's not God's will that churches be empty. That's it. And then people say, well, he's here with two or three together. No, that didn't mean that. You ain't interpreting it right. He meant even if there are two or three. But at Pentecost, 5,000 joined on the day of Pentecost. He, what was that, an illustration of if the Holy Spirit is in the church, people will come. He didn't say go make two or three disciples. He said go to every nation. Make disciples. The world is crazy today because there's so many people who are not in the church. So don't talk about the world because we're here to transform it. But if we ain't been transforming the world by bringing people to Christ, oh, we need to be sorry before God. He said you who minister before God, for the grain offerings and the drink offerings are withheld from the house of your God. God has declared a holy fast. So you go call a sacred assembly and you summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God. And you cry out to the Lord. You cry out during this time of chaos and murder and disobedience and disrespect of God's ways. We ought to be crying out. To the Lord asking him to forgive our individual community and national sins. Are we crying out, church? Are we crying out? Are we crying out? Have we repented? Have we turned the other way? Your new name, Pacoima First, is what it was all the time. United Methodist Church of Pacoima. But there's a change coming. Because now you won't be listed as just a black church. Wonder why? Because it ain't no black people. You get down to one to three percent people, and God put all these people around you, and you don't know how to love after God has loved us so much. There are people going through what we went through, and we don't know how to love. But it has a new tag, United Methodist Church of Oklahoma, a multicultural church, which means we're going to do the black and the brown in this church, in Jesus' name. Take the change, a multicultural church. You can look and see why it ought to be. You, you can't be too, you can't be so dumb that you don't see what God is doing. As your pastor, what's your vision God has given you for his church? That's the vision. That's the test. That's the test. Can you love somebody more or just as much as you love yourself? And then when you love yourself too much, you just become an insidious church. 
because my loved ones, God might bring things into your life to get your attention. But when somebody else start talking about you, just gonna end this. And after you have confessed your mess before God, then God takes a whole new attitude. Prophet Joel called the people. He told the people to repent. He, he wore the sackcloth. He, he wept over the people. The people wept. And the people say, oh, what do we have to do to get God back on our side? God is angry with us. And so they said, Lord, please forgive us. Show us a new way. We repent for what we're doing. We won't keep doing things the way we always did them. We're going to do them a, a new way, God, unto you, oh, God. And God changed. It's like a parent. You do what we tell you to do, we smile at you. You do what we tell you not to do, ain't no smile. Ain't no smile. God's like that. He's like that. So when the people repented, God said, God said, oh, you did what I told you to do, Prophet Joel. You told them the truth like I told you to tell them. You even demonstrated by wearing the sackcloth yourself. And so now, God says, you sinned, you received your punishment. You asked for forgiveness in the house of the Lord. And so now, forgiveness is yours. Forgiveness is yours. Ah, he's going to, God loves obedience. And if you don't know the word of God, you don't even know how to be obedient. But that's no excuse because God has let you learn how to read, write, do arithmetic. And then if you don't read his word or listen to what a priest say, you can't, you can't hear the word without a preacher, then you don't have no excuse. God says he's going to repay us for our repentance for the years the locusts have eaten. We're gonna be blessed for all of those tears we cried, blessed for all those nights we waited, blessed for all those pains we suffered, blessed for all the things we lost, we're gonna be blessed for all the sorrow we experienced and blessed for the heartache we, we felt, blessed for every lonely night you went through. When you repent and change your ways, you're gonna be blessed. Bless. Bless for every day you struggle. Bless for the sacrifices you made for your children. <laughs> bless because you were betrayed. Bless for your sickness. You're going to be blessed. Bless for all the years that you lost something. Oh, why? Because you were sorry. You repented. And you changed. God says, I'm going to give you back your strength. You changed. I'm going I'm to give you back your peace and your joy. I'm going to give you back your laughter and your innocence, your health, your energy, your pride, your community, your children. I'm going to give them back. I'm going to make you safe. Oh, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm going to teach you how to dance and how to shout. Ah. So my prayer is. 
what all our prayers ought to be, even if we're 100 years old. We got to get prepared for the kingdom. And so I ask him, change me. Change me, oh God. Change me to be more like you. Change me, oh God. Cleanse me through and through and through. Give me, Lord, give me a clean heart. Filter me out. Sometimes you got to change that filter. Uh, and the natural is every three to six months. And the spiritual is every seven days. Change me, oh God. Change me, oh God. The greatest desire of my heart is Make to me be more like you. More like you. Change me, oh God. Wash me through and through. I'll never be all right. Create in me a clean heart so that I Worship you. Worship you. Hallelujah. Change me, oh That ought to God. be the cry of the church of Jesus Christ. Make it more like you. Lord, I know you want to get with us. I know I can see it every day. Change me, oh God. Change me. Oh, Wash you are
disobedience was the first and greatest sin of all. Do the word. Know the word. Read the word. Preach the word. The Bible says where your treasure is, there is your heart. money, who dressed the best, who, who drove the finest car, who wore the gold and the diamonds back in the day, whose house was the most beautiful, God's house. Just to live, praise you, Jesus. The children look at the preacher and they look at the church today. They look at the preacher and they say, if the God you serve can't bless you any better than that, I don't want that God. Because now the one who children see blessed in the black community with the finest car and the finest clothes and the gold and the diamonds is the drug dealer. The devil. The devil. So in these end days when the church treats a preacher That ain't God. In the Old Testament, God talked about how to dress the preacher, how, how to build the temple. Now, we got preachers that want to come in a suit, but I tell you one thing. When I'm at a church, the brothers don't always sexualize the pulpit by coming in a suit because I'll call them out. Well, the road.
him the Lord, our great father. Give him a hand, break. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. And he's worthy to be obeyed. Obey the Lord. And watch me. Eyes have not seen. The Lord keeps believing. My heart even dreamed it the other night. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. The heart of man cannot conceive. But God has in store for those who love him. And how will he know? He said, those who love me will keep my commandments. The doors of God's church are opened and always open. Lenny and everybody who wants to come. Jesus said, I didn't come for the righteous. <laughs> I came for the unrighteous and I sent the church of Jesus Christ, the righteous, to go and bring them in. It's the doors of God's church are open. We invite those of you who may be watching to, to join virtually. We invite you to come to the house of the Lord. There are no excuses anymore. None. We invite you to come to the only place that is your entrance to the gates of heaven. And so even if this is not your church, we would be happy to recommend you to one. We just want you to be a member of the church of Jesus Christ. And if you walk up to the door and, and the people don't greet you with love, stop right there and find another church. If you go to the door of the church and, and people talking when the preacher ought to be preaching, in the will of God. Find it. Find that church. Find that denomination or non-denomination. Change. So that People are giving their offerings to the church. Giving offerings to the church. It's an act of obedience. Because when I tell you, if you give your, you give your little bit, God will bless it. Remember the woman who gave two coins? Jesus was standing outside watching what people were giving. 
How? You know, the black preacher used to stand over this, over the offering plate, just doing what Jesus did. Watching what the people were giving. Because God loves a cheerful giver. And all that we have belongs to him anyway. So, Lord, as we, as we go out, leave God's house this God's house God's house in the last eight years we've cleaned it up because it's God's house it's God's house so you as you leave today you leave knowing that God will discipline those whom he loves. He chastises those whom he, he loves. And so you leave knowing that because God loves you, God will take you out. God will change your heart. God will cleanse your spirit. And God will anoint the thoughts of your mind. And so we leave today. And let the church say. Let the church say. Let the church say. Spoken. Yes, it's the church.